I'm Clara Meath. You may know me from my Instagram art page or my recent graphic novel, Mother 47, and your childhood was trash if you didn't watch Wishbone. For those of you that don't remember, Wishbone was like a mid-90s TV show about a dog teaching literary arts. Mm-hmm. Teaching classic literature to kids in shockingly small vignettes, the amount they're able to accomplish in a 20-minute, half-hour show, and have a B-plot in the real world that is, like, uh, synchronous, that's, you know, mm -hmm. that related just mm -hmm. enough to create, you know, comparison. It's like, I... When I agreed to do this, I hadn't thought about this show in so long, you know, for more than a second or so, for more than just one of those little nostalgia blips. But now that I'm, you know, now that I've reviewed technically only one episode I rewatched to refresh my memory, but I could have, if I'd had more time, I would have done more. But <laughs> I'm really astonished looking back now how much they were able to accomplish with this little, you know, this is a demanding concept. You're working with animals, you're working with children, which everyone tells you not to do either of those things. You're working with two different plot lines that you have to line up and you have to write them well, you have to write the real world one for the literature one. And you have to coordinate all these all this cast. It's like actually a very large cast for such a small show in in both settings. I was, I'm just, I'm amazed how much they were able to do with this thing. Sorry, I just completely did a TED Talk. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's perfectly fine. fine. That's what we want. Uh, yeah. It's because it's, we're here to facilitate you is really sort of <laughs> the way we look at it. We're like, yeah, we're here for comedic relief is really it. Um, <laughs> and every once in a while, we're funny. So, <laughs> Well, you also know how to run the, the system, so there you go. That's true. I get to hit play or yes. record. <laughs> Yeah. I know, right? She's special. I'm the yeah, I'm technical. I didn't really think about it back then, right? Because it was in the in the mid '90s. I was in middle school, and you know, stuff like that. And like, I have an eight and a half year younger brother, so he was super young at the time, right? So, um, I guess he was like four or five. But it's you're right in like it the way it was all written and done, it really did. It was like, we're going to have a real world thing. And then we're going to use the lesson here to teach you about literature. And I'll be honest. It's like the only way I know anything about old school, like literature stuff, because yeah. uh, I don't read uh, <laughs> except comics, right? Like, let's be clear. Sure. No, like, listen, you got, you got to own who you are. Right. Exactly. I, I will read comics and I'll be up to date. As I possibly can, um, I don't get as much time to sit down and talk about and read them as I want to. But I didn't, I'm not. I was. I was never a huge reader in high school or middle school. And in fact, mm -hmm. I, I made it. I got through all of high school without reading a single book. I was impressed. What? I didn't, Wait. What? I didn't, okay. Hold on. Unpack this for me. I, by got through, do you mean you got you flunked out, or like how did you do? No, this? no, no. I I graduated. No, I graduated. That's the that's the key. Is I graduated. Was I an? I want to see student? a diploma. No. Show me it. I don't understand how this is possible. Uh, you know, I don't actually know where it is. Uh, <laughs> well, you're I not. You're not guess. the type that displays your high school diploma. Uh, not normally. I have 
Look, I've talked about it a number of times. I moved in the middle of COVID, so uh, I still have boxes and boxes of stuff over there, like all of my toys. It's I'll I'll put it's probably in a bin with my Disney Adventures magazines. Okay, maybe some Game Pros are in there or something like that, right? Nick calls it moving. We call it hoarding. Uh, Look, yeah. you'll t- you'll hear if you watch the other episodes, you'll hear it's a very short border. It's a very thin line. Anyway. So yeah, I did get through all of high school without reading a single book um, because movies existed. Um, so like The Scarlet Letter was a book I had to read and I definitely just watched the movie and wrote it on that. I got like a C and I was like, great for like me. The, I don't care. The Demi Moore movie? Yep. Well, that's why you got a C. That movie has very little to do with the book. That was fine. I didn't. I wasn't going for an A. I they got a C. He could have watched. <laughs> he could have watched Easy A instead. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, that would have been better. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't exist yet. But whatever. Yeah, come on, Mike. Right, like we're talking nineties, but come on. Yeah. It's a, it's a better okay. of the two movies, though. <laughs> oh, it's a definite better movie. Let's be clear. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah, no, uh, but for yeah, sure. I wasn't. I didn't shoot for high grades in classes that weren't. They weren't interesting. Like, A's came in math and science, but everything else, I was like, if I... D stands for degree, bud. That's it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> See, we I had the opposite off. problem. I was the reader, for sure. Well, that's the thing, is everybody in my house is a reader. My my two-year-old loves books. Like, all of them. All the little kid books. So I've, like, started reading now, but, like, my ten-year-old, he'll read tons of books. And he's like, I've read all of these books. And he's like, all right, so I need the next one. I'm like, yeah, okay, this last one just came out. You got to wait a bit, bud. Go read something else. Yeah. And my partner, she's in love with books. Her, Everybody is a book reader. I'm just not. And that's okay because yeah. I played tons of PlayStation and Super Nintendo all throughout high school. There you and go. I, you know, I had other stuff going on, but that was, eh, I was just not a reader. But I did make it through all. I did graduate, and I did pat. I did graduate without Ooh. having read a book. And in all fairness, it was probably a good another seven years before I actually picked up a book and read it. Wow! And what was that book when that happened? The Looking Glass Wars by Frank. I'm gonna mispronounce his name. Bedor B E D D O R. Okay. I don't know. Was valid. Anyway. It's probably so French. It's, <laughs> probably, but Bader, Bedor, I don't know. I but don't it's know. A, it's, it's about, it's like a weird twist on Alice in Wonderland. That's what I was going to uh, say. About, like, basically Alice lives in Wonderland and it exists in like a parallel universe, but they're technologically advanced from us. So all of their things that happen come through in a stream of consciousness over to our plane of existence. Okay. And he falls into the stream and ends up in our existence. And that's how we get the stories because back in old time England, she runs into Lewis Carroll. And so she's telling all these stories Uh, and everybody thinks she's crazy and lewis is just like yep oh yeah that's that's awesome that's crazy though yeah Uh, so it's sort of an alan moore all literary worlds exist concurrently premise 
Yeah, but it's really it's done really well. There's a whole comic series that fills in gaps because it's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole comic series about like the Mad Hatter is like the queen, like uh, Alice's security guard world. It like it's it's really cool, and I was really cool. I was at like I was at some like book fair and found it for like 50 cents and i was like i'm gonna read this and everybody was like you're not gonna read this and i was like i will and then i fell in love with it and then very Gotta quickly prove read them the wrong. Next two books. i did and it was great and i love it and i read the next two books like relatively quickly and then nice. they started coming out the comics and anything so wishbone cool. right uh <laughs> <laughs> was, but yeah. was, was wishbone the first recorded no. cosplayer uh, oh, they have to have been doing. They were doing that by then. Oh, here's my puppy. Here's my boy. There we go. That's it. Just, just episode's needs, over. Dog love. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hop down, honey. Mama's gotta talk. Close this door. Ugh. All right. You could. Oh, I mean, you can. You, want. you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> um, They're back. That's fine. So. Yeah, but Wishbone, it was a great... It, it is, like, the only reason I know, like, anything about those stories is because, like, I'd pop it on when I was babysitting my brother. Uh-huh. Or in middle school, um, my eighth grade English teacher, or reading teacher, because we have reading as a separate class, which I never understood, but it was great. Okay. She used Wishbone to teach us about the books that we were supposed to read in eighth grade. Uh, awesome. Yeah, in so it was really great. Yeah, wow. eighth grade. <laughs> My teacher was using Wishbone to get us to understand and learn about the books we were supposed to be reading. Um, it was great because I was like, great, this is the only way I know the story. She's like, you didn't read any of it. I was like, nope, didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you honest. I, oh, I was very honest. Uh, luckily, eighth grade, you didn't have to pass anything to still go on to ninth grade. It didn't matter. I was like, great. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Efforts going somewhere else. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But like you, you kind of described it great, um, Clara. It's if you go back and think about it, like it is like two concurrent stories with a massive cast, with yeah. this little Jack Russell Terrier like splicing between the two worlds and know. like teaching you about books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, there were moments in my childhood when I realized it's like, oh, all the people in the, the you know, the, the fictional worlds, the book worlds they're, they're depicting is just like this community theater troupe. But honestly, I can't imagine, I read the Wikipedia article looking for, you guys stop it. Stop it. Sorry. Hey. No worries. You need to stop. I was reading the Wikipedia article looking for information on like the budget and how they did all this casting. Cause they have to do, they have to have these separate sets for each one of the books, they have to have all this costuming that's not... I, I really expected it to be worse than it is. Like, it's not amazing, but it's not, you know, high school theater production either, or just things you got out of your grandma's closet, you know? This is actually yeah. decently done, especially for the time, and I, I was really impressed. So, so I don't yeah. think I ever watched Wishbone, unfortunately. Oh wow! I, I, did, I, I did watch. I watched like Arthur and like the Busy World of Richard Scary and stuff like that. Never Wishbone. Yeah. Now, between the two worlds, like the real world and then the storytelling, 
was it like mm-hmm. the same characters in each, like a Wizard of Oz type thing? And you were there. And no. You were there. Okay. So the premise is it it starts in every episode starts in the real world. It's you know it's the '90s. It's this town in Texas called Oakdale, and you have this cast of like this kid and his mom. And his dad is dead, which is, like, a reoccurring, like, subplot, like, the the grieving over the dad, which was actually handled really maturely now that I look back on it. Um, hmm. And it's his, his school friends, his goofy neighbor, and his dog. And the dog uh, is just, is has this very, you know, they heard sneezing in the other room, and that made them leave. <laughs> <laughs> um... The dog is a very, you know, uh, uh, goofily voice-acted sort of uh, jokester that is just very imaginative and for some reason knows, has this amazing storehouse of classic literature in his mind. I don't, I realize they they never really explain how this dog who can't even communicate with people knows all these (laughs) stories. But regardless of that, completely understands the nuance of the errors they were written in, all that stuff. Um, And... (laughs) Basically, as the A plot gets rolling, the dog uh, is, starts imagining himself as the protagonist of a piece of literature that somehow mirrors uh, what is happening in the A plot. Which, in reality, was reversed. You know, when they're writing it, I'm sure they start with the book and then say, yeah, "How can a, we yeah. reflect this in a in a modern setting?" Um, and and that they have to do both of those plot lines in 30 minutes is very impressive. <laughs> Gotcha. Nice. So it's kind of yeah. like the first couple seasons of Boy Meets World before there was a Boy Meets World, where like they try to tie in the classroom lessons with what's going on in the kid's life. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. They're, they're, they're doing making the two coincide. That's that's a lot to juggle for sure. <laughs> it's really and like as a as a kid, I didn't have dogs. Now that I'm way more familiar with dogs, it's really funny watching you know the how immaculately trained this little Jack Russell Terrier soccer is and how, uh, how often he's really enjoying the task he's being given. It's like, okay, now I have to crawl. Now I have to roll. Like then the, the episode I rewatched was, um, uh, uh, the Rip Van Winkle episode. And when he's supposed to be carrying the barrel up the mountain, obviously he's a dog. So they just have him like rolling it. And it's so cute the way he does it. And he's in little, he's in little costumes. He wears hats and fake beards and all. It's so cute. It's so funny. And the, the whole, like the, the way you just have to swallow the premise as an adult, like as a kid, this is not difficult at all. But as an adult watching this premise where you're like, these actors are talking to this dog like he's their equal. <laughs> this uh, Like he plays Mr. Darcy in the Pride and Prejudice episode. Like there are there are romantic <laughs> conversations between this uh, adult actress and this dog. <laughs> it's so, so great. Jeez. Uh, oh, That's that a testament to the actors. You know, trying it to, is. to do that. Oh, but I mean, oh. what's worse? What's worse, talking to a dog or the people in like the MCU and all that stuff where they talk to nothing? Like, I, I right, feel where they a talk to a tennis ball and a stick. Yeah. At least the dog is actually there. Yeah, at least it can oh, turn its head and talk to a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. 
Because you can all sort of look in the same place. You're not looking in three different places when you communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, I wanted, I wanted to leave with this, but I forgot. This is my, like, okay. degrees of separation game for this show. Um, after the show, some point, I actually don't remember when I learned this, but, so the actress that plays, uh, the dogs, so the dog is owned by this kid, Joe, and he and his mom are basically the main cast. Uh, and the actress that plays Joe's mom is uh, a lady named, uh, oh, I forgot. I completely Ellen forgot her Albert. name. It's completely Googleable. It doesn't affect the story, but, um, oh, it was Mary Chris, I think. Some, something Chris. She had one of those double names. And um, uh, she, my mom, knew her in college. They were, she oh, was wow. a ballet major and my mom was a ballet minor and they were in ballet classes together. And, uh, I called my mom the other night, just like, Hey, do you remember any anecdotes, uh, you know, about the, you remember you told me you knew, you know, Joe's mom from Wishbone? She's like, yeah, I did. We were in the same class. And was, I asked her for anecdotes. And the only one she really remembered was how funny it was, you know, the, the, the wonderful inflection of the Russian ballet teacher saying Mary Chris's name. <laughs> well, that was pretty much that. it, but, oh, but the funny twist was in the show, Joe's mom is a librarian, which sort of, you know, feeds back into the whole literature theme. That's, she's, sure. she's sort of your, your human portal to books so that the human characters can be into books as well. Um, and my mom is now a librarian, so it comes full circle. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Full circle. Yes. So this wasn't just uh, a, a random show for you that you enjoyed as a kid. It, it has meaning in your life at this point. You just yeah. didn't know it until a couple weeks yes. ago. <laughs> it was it was my uh, it was my literary foundation in a lot of ways. Like probably a lot of kids were. I I may or may not have gone on to read most of those books, but you know who's judging? You really went to the <laughs> just movies. Just shake your head. <laughs> <laughs> no. I watched. Look. We already talked about it. I, I learned the Scarlet Letter from the movie, and it was close enough. Okay. Uh, See, my, my English teacher, she, we'd have to read books and have to read X amount of chapters every night, and then we'd have quizzes the next day on those chapters. Uh -huh. But I found out real quick that before the quizzes, she would summarize the chapters. So all I would do is pay attention to those summaries, and then I would get like a B on every single quiz just because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> That's a that's a lot of teachers I've noticed. You find that little part if you can learn to read them, and when they're when they think they're being sneaky about what you need to know, then you got it. Then it's easy. Yeah. I I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I am fairly certain my ninth grade English teacher read to me more uh, while I was sleeping, but that's a whole different story. I mean, maybe absorb more that way. I look. People are like, "How did you get it?" Like, I, but I pull. I'd always pull out like a B or like a like a B minus on the quizzes. And people are like, "How did you do that? You literally slept through everything. Did you even do the homework?" No, I did not. How did you get a B? She literally read it to us, and I was sleeping. I don't know. Osmosis. Figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Hey, you're okay, it. buddy. You're more than okay, buddy. Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> Don't let her talk down to you. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she physically has to, Nick. He's, he's, a, he's a, 
gone underneath. Because he's down here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah down that right, right. Physical right, proximity. Right. Uh, in fact, uh, I've noticed there's a paw print on your shirt. These are actually medical scrubs because I work part time at a vet called Cherry Knoll's Vet Clinic. No, so nice. I just came home from work and hopped on here. So there you go. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. I realized I was like, I could change or I could do this like completely symbolically appropriate outfit. That's fine. So you do that part time, but whilst doing comics, like that's insane. Yeah. That much much time. (laughs) No, (laughs) I have the same time as anyone else. Oh, Riddle, honey, you're fine. Um, Yeah, this is a. Money is difficult in comics sometimes, what can I say? But I'm being very generously supported by uh, my business partner and his wife right now, so it's all good. Gotcha. I mean, well, well worth it. We well worth it from the stuff I've seen. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm working towards, this weekend actually, I'm, I'm working to, um, Riddle, you need to stop, honey. You're fine. You're fine. I'm going to launch my uh, Instagram subscriptions and a whole revamped Patreon. So hopefully I'm going to start bringing in some more revenue that way. Nice. It's a brave new world. It is. (laughs) There should be a whole Wishbone episode about it. Yes, there should. That's it. We should bring Wishbone should come back and teach us about uh, amazing literary things like Twilight and Hunger Games. (laughs) I'd love to see Hunger Games as Wishbone. I mean, it is, like, there's so many, this is something I do still think about, though, there's so many, you you know, there was never a lack of, like, science shows for kids, you get, like, you know, your Bill Nye's and your Magic School Buses and all that, Um, but, like, the idea of of a classic literature, you know, educational TV show for kids is, it's almost wild, like, that kind of comes out of nowhere, but, like, what a... What an effective way to teach it. Because this is still like, even having read, you know, many of these books now, it's still like, oh, I remember this. This happened in Wishbone, that they hit the basic plot points in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Wild. I love yeah. when you do Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Oh, I, I love the they... Sherlock Holmes one, especially. Yes. The little hat. The little old-timey Sherlock hat. Like, that was it. That was, like, I think the first episode I saw, I was like, all right, I, I'm in. It's a Jack I'm Russell in. Terrier in a Deerstalker hat. It's, like, <laughs> this big. It's so cute. I loved oh, it. It was yeah, so great. He's doing an accent and everything. I will oh, say, the. I remember as a kid, this was really well targeted at kids, just the tone and the, you know, the humor style of the of the dog and the voice actor um, as a kid, I really liked it. I found it really approachable. Listening to it again now, it's like, okay, this is annoying. This guy's annoying. <laughs> and no shade on him at all. He was very good at his job. It was appropriate to the, you know, the target audience. The audience but yeah. it, it gave me a chuckle. It's like, ah, oh, I am old now. Things annoy me. It was also so, the 90s, where anything went. Nick, I do have a question. What was that? It was the 90s, so anything went. Oh, including some of the most wild-ass outfits I have ever seen. <laughs> Everyone in this show is wearing the most enormous tops possible. It's it's wild. Like the 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 mom is always in these huge sweaters, and you can tell by the way when you once you know she's a you know she's 
she's a dancer, like she's educated in dance. You can see it because she's this, she's this very lovely woman, very long, you know, sort of like, you know, Gina Davis body type that she just like, and she just sort of floats around, just really elegant movement. Um, she's great mm. on screen, but she wears these gigantic sweaters that like that you only see in like those nineties, and all the kids, the Joe, his his guy friend and his girlfriend, and they all dress exactly the same in like <laughs> giant plaid vests. Just like it's it's so baseball hats and <laughs> giant plaid shirts. Like I, it's just. It looks like they're all always about to play basketball in the night. Like you know, it's I mean, it's such a specific look. Yeah, and like and the thing is, I remember being a kid because these kids were just a little bit older than me at the time. So I like looked up to them as like, oh, these are like cool people. And I watch it now, and it's like, oh, these are, look at these little babies. But I had <laughs> outfits like that. Like I had a giant like I I had like a hand-me-down plaid shirt that I cut the sleeves off because I wanted to have a giant plaid vest like everyone in Wishbone. <laughs> but what about the trend of wearing like... a sweatshirt and then a t-shirt <laughs> over the sweatshirt? Not under it, I'm over sure, it. I'm sure they did that. I'm sure that they did that, but I don't remember. <laughs> uh, don't shake your hand, Nikki. wild. You, you know you rock the Umbro shirts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just I so many baseball caps. And a starter jacket. I did. Baseball oh, cap I remember, for my band. I remember the metaphor I came up with. No, this one, okay. Perfect. It looks like they're at the exact cross-section of an Eddie Bauer catalog and a 90s rap video. That's like the vibe. It's 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 so specific. It's like Criss Cross went to finishing school. Yeah, they yes, yes. They became yes. Christopher Crossfitter. Yes. But he's also kind of outdoorsy and sportsy, but like but also lives in a really pristine house. You know the type. It's like like a rich sports kid. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a, yeah. Like they look they look like they can play, but they really can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's 80% how you look, Nick. You know that. <laughs> oh, that's Don't why I failed. <laughs> and he, that's why he went to go put his glasses on. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I, could be like I probably would have ended this episode with a headache if I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I probably would have been like one of you is Mike and one of you is Clara. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell the difference. I understand. Yes. Well, yeah, without my glasses, like I got a messed up eye, and like the other one's like oh, I'm walking. Yeah, anyway. boo. <laughs> I wear glasses. We all got the same weird problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I boo all of us. All of us are yes. sad. Yeah. No good eyes. Yeah. We no all wake eyes. up in the middle of the night to a noise, panic because we can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, see, so while all the people with good vision are like saving their lives because something's happening. We're spending ten minutes trying to find our glasses, put them on, while the killer is in the house trying to get to us. <laughs> yes. How exactly. did the killer get in the house? I feel like we jumped a couple of steps. We should ask which boat. We lost our glasses and we couldn't figure out how to lock the doors. Oh, yeah. That makes okay, way more right, sense. All right. This all plot's right. coming together. It makes a lot of sense. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm on board now. This could be an episode of Wishbone. <laughs> yeah, there the we go. Was coming, the killer was inside the house. 
because there was an episode where the fire. kids locked themselves in an abandoned barn and then lightning started it on fire, which was pretty intense. And they, they had to find their way out. I don't remember what book that one was for, though. I can't remember. It was a Scarlet They did some barn. really good ones, though. Like, they Clearly did the Oliver Twist. The Grapes Twins of Wrath. The no. Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> That's one I'm pretty sure they didn't do. I was also right. chuckling to myself. I was like, yeah, they never did the Scarlet Letter, did they? That's not really a book you pitch at children, is it? I don't know. It depends on how they twist it, right? Yeah. It's true. There's not a lot of twists in it. If there's a reboot, Nick, I want to know. If they reboot it and they do like the Hunger Games... Would Wishbone be PETA? Um, I would think the... I don't know. So, like, if Wishbone was a character in Hunger Games... He definitely wouldn't be um, Katniss. Right. I just realized that. Like, he's always... Like, all of these old books have male protagonists. So, Although, I mean, not necessarily... I mean, like, I meant like PETA, you know, P- I was trying to be funny. Neither you got it. So I failed tonight. Oh, the, do- oh, the animal <laughs> rights group. I get it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I see okay, that. But you have to like, wait, is it even spelled differently? No, yes. it's not. Is it? I don't know. No, it's not. They're both P-E-T-A. So we've they? established that Nick and I don't read. So we don't know how PETA is spelled. We just know how it's spelled. Okay. Yeah, they don't, the they don't spell right. it in the movie. They're not like PETA, like P-E-T-A or like the bread, P-I-T-A. <laughs> They're like, we're just sacrificing children to uh, fight. <laughs> well, it's definitely not I mean, that's, ITA. That's cause, cause, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Hunger Games is really just the movie's Battle Royale, but in America. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it really is. And Battle oh, Royale right, did I, it better. They did. They did an amazing, way better job. Absolutely yeah. better job. See, I read that, but that was way later in life. And it there wasn't you go. Book. Uh, PETA, book the movie character, is P-E-E. So double E. Two That's what I thought. Yeah, well, you were right and I was wrong. I Well, I mean, still, if you have to explain the joke, especially with spelling, it's, you know, maybe, maybe not. I already said I failed, okay? You don't have to Like I said, we said we were funny sometimes. Yes. <laughs> we never yeah, really I'm just, I'm just bullying that. everyone now. That's all that's happening. I've admitted that I don't think I've ever watched Wishbone. I need to contribute somehow, okay? <laughs> well, there's plenty of episodes on YouTube. Give it a give it a even at least a little poke because it's uh it's it's adorable watching this dog play these literary characters and his little costumes. The number of just like puffy shirts this dog wears is so cute. Little puffy shirts and vests, his little hemmed trousers. So cute. It is. They really <laughs> they really like, are. Yeah. Like his little like, outfit. Like an episode of Seinfeld. Yes. And the dog the dog's design is supposed better. to have a little a paw print on his ear, and you could tell it's just like stamped on every time like the dog goes to makeup and gets his ear done, his one ear. It's adorable. It, it only PBS, kind so of know. matches his natural color. It's like it looks very fake. Poor thing. I, yeah. I, it, look, maybe it's real. And it just says like dermat- dermatitis or whatever it's called. Right, in a very specific <laughs> pattern. Yes. 
could be the state of Florida instead, so at least he's got like a weird paw. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it was, I, I really, so it's a weird way to introduce kids to literature. Uh, it was way better than, you know, a lot of things, like, especially for kids who didn't really, for somebody who didn't, none of this interested, right? Like this, like, that's why I never read books. Uh, is because they were very just not something I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Like I never had any interest in reading the Scarlet Letter. So when I went to Blockbuster, I love the Scarlet Letter out, so much. I read it so many times. <laughs> when I went to Blockbuster and found out that there was a like a movie on it, I was like that. My mom was like, "All right, whatever." Uh, <laughs> she doesn't question you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the nineties. <laughs> like, yeah, 90s. right. Nobody, can, children can do anything. It's the nineties. Listen, there, no, there was commercials and... asking parents if they know where the children were. Like, right? Yeah, 90s. every parent was like, <laughs> "No." And this was a new concept. <laughs> yeah, we can actually watch these things. Damn it! <laughs> like, oh man, you're making our lives harder. <laughs> I hope some parent fed them. <laughs> Someone somewhere. Okay. Somewhere, so, someone somewhere fed them, and they drank water from random hoses. Yes, yes. that's how we survived. Uh, but yeah, so like, you know, it was a good, but it was a good way to introduce those stories to kids uh, and get them to understand. And maybe, maybe it hit, maybe it hooked some kids on reading. It apparently worked for you. It did yeah, not work for me. That's why we got a fifty-fifty right now. What like? It sounds like the best way, right? It's it's engaging, it's entertaining, it's you know with the whole dog cosplay thing that that wraps kids in. Because even like you mentioned, like science stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. growing up, I think I, I may be dating myself at this point, but growing up, the big guy on TV for science was Mister Wizard. It was very mm-hmm. dry, very like you know old school, whatever. But then you have Beekman's World. Who made it mm-hmm. fun? Who was like, "Hey, we're gonna take science. We're gonna take ADD. We're just gonna mix it together, and we're gonna have a guy in a full fledged rat suit. Like, let's do it." And yeah. that the, the lessons, That's like so good. the, the oh, lessons, they were recent. The show was recently streaming on Tubi TV. They took it off, unfortunately. And I went back wow. and I started rewatching that, re- rewatching Beekman's World, and I'm like, "This stuff's great." Like the lessons yep. and all the, th- the experiments he did, like I was retaining them like this. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Because they figured it out. And I like, judging by the sounds, that's what Wishbone did. It's, you know, they figured yeah. it out and it was a way to educate but kids, but make them think they're yeah. just having fun watching TV. Like, ha, gotcha. <laughs> you know? right, I just right, taught right. you all over a twist. Sucka. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, like, no. And that's it. That's probably the best way to describe it is like, but you know, yeah, Beekman's World, Bill Nye, like things that made stuff fun. And with my ten year old, like he's like, I, like whenever they like they had snow days, but it was like work snow days, so they were like, you're just gonna homeschool for the day. We're gonna give you some lessons, and then you can go right. play, right? But we don't have to make it up at the end of the year because we're up in New Hampshire, so we're like, yeah, we can't leave. Um, and it happens, but um. Yeah, so I come up and I like because I work in the basement, and I come up from air, for air every once in a while, and I'm like, Are "You just playing a video game?" He's like, "It's math," and I was like, "What?" So like they just have like two thirds of their stuff, and it's all like entertainment based and educational. I was like, 
I probably would have been a way better student. Like, I don't, I'm not going to try to figure out why they're doing this, but I don't know. Right. They were like, go play video games and learn learn things. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sure thing. Final Fantasy. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, if it works. An interesting yeah. way to consume the material, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of, that's why I'm like, at first I was like, go do real work. And then I was like, oh, he's getting really good scores on stuff, so I'm not gonna knock it. Whatever, yeah. man. Like, like, like Mike said, Beekman's world was, like, straight up, like, ADHD in science, and that's what it was. Like, yeah. if you didn't ever actually watch Beekman's world, go watch it. It was on Netflix for a while, too. Uh, and I threw on a couple episodes, but it's that. It's, it was an interesting yeah. way to get kids to in- yeah. introduce and involved in yeah. seemingly uh, boring stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah. Unfortunately, I grew up on a lot of TV because where I lived, there was no kids around me. And to get to any kids, I'd have to cross a busy street, which I wasn't allowed to do. And uh-huh. then my brother's, my brother's 10 years older than me. So, you know, while I was playing with, uh, you know, Hot Wheels, he was playing with real cars, stuff like that. So there was always that divide. So I grew up on TV. And my dad used to always give me shit all the time because I could recite, like, all these cartoons and shows and quote them and and he'd be like yeah. why can't you do that with your homework and i was always like because homework's boring yeah <laughs> you know yeah so it's but like, like the quotability though that's like that on its own is a huge you know part of it like i remember like there are still shakespeare quotes that i and i was the kind of kid in college too that i memorized like i did the shakespeare monologues and stuff for speech class or whatever but because i love that stuff but there are still parts that i can't you know shakespeare quotes i can't hear in not wishbone's voice it's it's (laughs) hilarious there's a number of things that are kind of like that it's not wishbone's voice but it's like there's certain things that you immediately kind of associate to that that style. You're so it's it's fun when that happens. You're like every time I hear that, that's exactly what I you know kind of remember. Uh, yeah. So it's good. So I mean, to to draw a parallel and go back to um, like even like Boy Meets World, right? The first couple seasons. There was uh, one where Bill Daniels just recites something from Shakespeare. And I, I don't remember mm-hmm. what it is for the life of me, but like, even as an adult, because I watched it when I was a kid, loved the show, mm-hmm. and I went back and rewatched it maybe, you know, when it, was on, it came on Disney Plus. And even as an adult listening to him do Shakespeare, I had chills. Mm-hmm. Like, as an adult, it was moving, it was touching, and the, the emotion, the feeling that he brought to it, yeah. it's something that like just echoes through you. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things that stay with you when they were up, when they're well done like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that. Oh, I just remembered a cool thing. So at the end of the Wishbone episode, they would have a little like two minute behind the scenes segment. Like this is how we, you know, made these characters seem like ghosts. You know, with the sound editing oh. kind of thing and just things like that. And that was, I think, probably my first exposure to that sort of, you know, media production that, you know, the, the behind the scenes thing. And I became that kid that I was more interested in watching the special features than the movie. Cause I wanted to know yeah. how these things were made. You know, I was already, I was on this path where I was like, I want to make things more than I want to consume things even. And like, that was always my favorite part of the show was that little behind the scenes thing. 
And I, I feel like that on its own was one of the most influential things for me. And I, I doubt I'm the only one. Cause you, when you, you know, when you're saying these things as a kid, you're like, there's a part of you that knows somebody made this, yeah. but you have no idea how. And uh, I knew I wanted to know. So that was, yeah. I think that was really valuable as well. That was really yeah. smart of them. It's, they it's really planted a lot of seeds. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say yeah. that. Cause, um, you know, I, growing up, I loved like home improvement. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watch it, you remember, but at the last episode of every season, they would zoom out so you'd see like the whole sets and then they would right. have the whole cast come out one at a time as they introduced them and they, you know, you know, took a bow and stuff. And I always thought that stuff was interesting. So you see like how the sets are designed and it's like, oh, well, you open the bedroom door and there's no bedroom there. It's, you know, it, it's just a void or, oh, yeah. that's the tool time set. So like how they constructed it. It's literally like together. right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, it's, right. Always, yeah. It's, always, it's always pretty cool to, to see that stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I got fascinated with that. Even like, um, I listened to the, the boy meets world podcast that the, like mm-hmm. Daniel Fischel and writer strong are on, and they constantly go back to a debate on how the Matthews house is set up. Cause they're like, uh-huh. well, there's the front door, but then there's the side door, but is it the back door? Cause there's Mr. Feeney right there, but then there's the back right. door in the living room with the slider and that should be the back of the house. And then there's the garage. And like, <laughs> I guess it's people like on Reddit that like draw it and try and construct right. how it Trying to look. blueprint it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just any, like that any show like filmed on a soundstage like that is still, it's like, oh, this house doesn't make sense. I don't understand yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, and it's like they had like two. They have two staircases going upstairs, but then when you see the the small parts of the upstairs that there are, it's like, how does that make sense? And it's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's still cool how they do that stuff and how they make it. You know, even like from like a physicality thing to building the sets to like uh, trick photography, or you know, especially back in the '90s when they didn't have all the computer stuff available to them like right. they do nowadays. To see the and I, I find more charm and more. Um, like allure to that because it's like that to me took more ingenuity than yeah. something that oh I can just the computer did it for me you're you know now unfortunately yes. you know one of the, one of the horrors that we're leaning towards now AI doing a lot right. of stuff for people you know where it's just it's uninspired it's not really a demon. yeah a demon. you know whereas back in the day like to, like even like you look at like the seventies and like Star Wars how they made all those scenes with like miniatures and camera angles and tricks and stuff like it's that. It's like, like a massive yeah. soundstage. That, and that's yeah. insane. Like I have the so crawl much more is literally for that. just Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece yeah. of paper basically. So much more respect for that than like anything new that comes out where it's just on a computer. And, and that takes a lot of talent too, doing stuff on a computer, but yeah, it's just, sure. it, it, there's charm into that like handmade yeah. stuff. Uh, just, just like, you know, the Ninja Turtle movies. Right, you look at the old '90s Ninja Turtle movies where it's Jim Henson doing the creatures and the puppetry and the costumes, and it's yeah. it's organic, it's genuine, it feels real. But then you get like the the Michael Bay movies where it just completely removes you from the situation because they look mm-hmm. so, you know, your your brain can always tell, you know, you're never Practical gonna be fully immersed. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. wish a lot more uh, like directors and stuff would go back to it nowadays and yeah tv shows tv shows nowadays are leaning heavily on that stuff too yeah you know we do still have people like del toro that are really into practical effects but they are few and far between it's funny you say that though like the 
I remember one of the only times I felt kind of gross about the the behind the scenes clip at the end of a Wishbone episode. I forgot which episode this was, but there was some. There was like a. Uh, uh, there was like a, um, oh, what was it? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. There were, there was some kind of guillotine, guillotining scene. There was an execution scene and there was a large, you know, jeering crowd. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they had this large jeering crowd, uh, but it felt a little bit weird. I remember watching the episode and they showed us in the special features how they just digitally replicated this clump of people to just make it look like a larger crowd. And I, even as a kid, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that, that feels like cheating, but okay. So yeah. I don't know if that makes no. me the weird one, but I, uh, no, I know what you uh, mean. There's a bunch of yeah, unemployed no. extras that you could have used. Damn it. <laughs> well, they, I done I, it. you know, they just didn't have the budget. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, they sure. Had to, there was way too many people to pay on that show already. I mean, as a kid, I probably would have done it to just pet the dog. You can meet Wishbone. <laughs> done. What do you want me to do? Stand there. Deal. Yeah. Right? How many times yeah, do you want me to awesome. do that? Would have definitely done that. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's me with most things, right? <laughs> like, if if someone offered me to, to be an extra in a movie, like, oh, we'll pay you for nope, 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 nope. I get to meet X. Like, give me like two seconds to shake their hand, and I'm happy. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was. I think for me, that was even, like, kind of before a time when I fully, like, cognitively understood that these were real people, you know? I knew that things that happened on screens weren't real. And I think there was a switching point in my life where I realized, like, oh, people that act in movies, as long as it's not a cartoon, those are real people that, like, sleep and eat and stuff. No. I'm pretty, like, I'm as you're saying that, I'm like... No, you definitely, my brain is like, you definitely thought that too, dumb-dumb. And I was like, no, well, I definitely yeah. thought that too at some point. I was like, actors oh, yeah. aren't real people. Yeah. I definitely just... thought that too. It wasn't until you're like old enough and you can like put faces together and be like, wait a minute, isn't that supposed to be this person? Why are they this person? Right. And then it's like that glass shatter and like, psh. Right. This person, like, oh. not, they're not real? <laughs> yeah. I once remember. you see them in a different role, it, it sort of shatters that illusion. And I wonder if that had, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, had more of a role in, you know, when in that era of media, you know, early Hollywood and onward, when, you know, people would sort of embody one role for kind of their entire careers. I wonder if that contributed to, you know, the, yeah. this much greater idolization we had for them at the time, because they were just, we never broke that, you know, that fourth wall where you see them as someone else or just themselves. They're always just this one person all the time. Yeah, hmm. like, like the guy who played Little Annie. Little Annie. Sorry, you spoke over each other. Sorry, you go, Mike. I was going to say, like Clint Eastwood. He was yeah. very known for that one role. He was a cowboy. Yeah. Now you're an old, grumpy old man yelling at people about your car. I don't know. You're right. a cowboy. No, I'm kidding. And people Peter like the McGavin. Three Stooges, like that was an era of Hollywood where like they had a lot of trouble. They had to have like bodyguards because people would treat them like you know they could take a pratfall. Just like in the, oh yeah, it's like oh, do geez. you not understand that these are just people? <laughs> Can you imagine they're out to dinner and someone just runs up to them and pokes them in the eye? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're supposed to do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why did you do that? Now I've now I've assaulted you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Oh, poor That's guys. Right. And now life is so uh, much better because we know way too much about celebrities' personal lives. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to in most cases. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. The rest of the time I'm like, don't care. Yeah, like if I actually respect them as a person, but there's like, there's also, I do this thing now where it's like, I'm at a point where it's like, if I like them as an actor, if I like their acting, if I like the characters they play, I will purposefully avoid learning about them, you know, as a real life person. Because like, I don't want to, just don't ruin it. Like this is, this is not really. Don't meet your heroes. This isn't part. Yeah, this isn't part of the package. I didn't. I didn't ask to know everything about your personal life or your, you know, your problems. Because you know what, everyone has problems. Like yeah. there's not going to be any perfect nope. ones. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and Nick and I have mentioned it before. I don't know if she can hear. <laughs> Nick and Sorry, I what was that? <laughs> Nick and I mentioned Nothing? it before, where it, there's like there's been I, I can't name off the top of my head right now, but there's been like actors who. Or musicians, where it's like, oh, I really like their their product, but then you find out that they're a complete jerk in real life, and it's just like, right. all right, well, that just ruins it for me because you know what? Yeah. You're not better than you're not better than me. You're not better than anyone else. You're just doing a job, right? And people enjoy you doing that job, and you should like, especially in in the public eye like that, you should be humble. Mess it up without us, without yeah. the fans, you're you're nothing, you know. So right. like you don't right. me, it's like you know. Don't be a jerk. I know some people they're a... just baked in them. You know, some people just they, they just right. are. But like that yeah. definitely shatters my you know perception of them and makes me avoid them at that point where it's like, all right, I don't yeah. want to see what you're in because like I know probably the the hell that people had to go through behind the scenes to make you look that good. And I don't think it's right. worth you know my thirteen dollar right. movie ticket or whatever. Yeah. Well, for a, for the day of thirteen dollar movie tickets. Yeah, I mean, if there's you're a not place going to IMAX. There's a place yeah. around here that still does eight fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and you can order you. food. I know, right? Like it's a restauranty type thing. Anyway, uh, no, but like back on that, like, uh, like on the don't be a jerk. Uh, what was it when Master Commander came out? Uh, there was massive reports that like Russell, it was Russell Crowe, right? Like I'm not misnaming mm-hmm. it. Russell yeah. Crowe like made. Like he, the cast, like sew their badges on like correctly. That he would like rip them off if it wasn't perfect. And like I'm like, like like this is like reports, right? Like this is right. weird. I never really dug into it, but I was like, that's a weird thing, man. Like yeah, that's weird. Um, but then we go back to something else we touched on, like the kid, like somebody who never gets away from like that one role, little Anakin Skywalker, Jake oh, Lloyd. Gosh. Yeah, like oh, his yeah. life went. Down. Right, like, and then like pick a pick a Disney person who who's also like whose life also went to hell or Nickelodeon. Right, like they right. they all had like weird stuff and um like the it was just a I hate to say it but nineties were a crazy time like they, like if yeah. you go back it's like all of it came out of the nineties and ought two thousands if you will um, yeah. Well, and, like, this is something I think about, too, is, like, the way there was, in my lifetime, there was a definite switch in how child actors are treated. Because, like, even up to, like, right up to the Amanda Bineses and the Lindsay Lohanses, they were treated poorly enough that they spun out like that. But, like, right around Harry Potter, it switched. Like, none of those kids have spun out. Like, they've all had, you know, 
you know, in terms of A-list celebrities, pretty normal lives, and they still have careers, and they do other things, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not defined by that, you know, their childhood roles. Well, they kind of are. They are to an extent. You know know what I mean. They survived that, and they're okay. Most of them. Either Crab or Goyle got arrested and was removed from the cast for the seventh movie, but, like, other one of them did. I forget. But they okay, got, like, arrested. But that's, like, one out of, like, the yeah. 750 cast members of yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, main, the main four, who should have got the most scrutiny and, you know, had it worse, came out on top, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, whatever we changed, like, I don't know if, and I'd, I'd be interested to know if it was just, like, we just reached that level of understanding as a society. Like this is no, you have to treat people. Okay. Or there was actually a switch where like, we're going to have proper, you know, child psychologists on set or whatever, you know, we're going to make we're going to limit hours in this way. We're going to make sure you get this kind of time that you need, like, or some combination thereof. But that's, that's the sort of thing that interests me is like, I wonder how that switch happened. Cause there was definitely a switch. What was the reason? The reasoning behind things is one of my, is one of my. Uh, it's one of the big things that draws me towards things like, like I work in tech support, and everybody's like, "Okay, here's the here's the broken thing, and here's the fix." And I'm like, "Okay, but why is it broken? And why is it broken again? Why is this? Why is that?" And I'm like, right. and then it turns out the issue is like way over here, and has nothing to do with this one thing right here. Right. Um, but the the whys and stuff, like, you're right. There was, like, a massive weird turning point where it was like, oh, these people are all kind of getting messed up. Oh, uh, all right, we figured something out. Right. Like, there's still going to be one-offs and, like, everything like that because, yeah. as we've talked right. about, people are people. And But there was a time nothing. when it was almost guaranteed that your was life bad. was ruined, you know, if you were a, a successful child actor. And it's simply like, not yeah. the case anymore. Like, even in the, like, if we go back to the 80s, there, that's even worse. All of them, like yeah. most of like, like most yes. of them ended up with some sort of drug addiction or something like that, and yeah, like, right. I think like Drew Barrymore was like massively addicted to drugs, like at like eight, <laughs> like right, yeah. How did you yeah. even get those? like really rough? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably really loud on your part. When you're in ET, you can get whatever you want. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the dark reality of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, most most of the child actors didn't didn't make it out back in the eighties and nineties. You know, they, no. you hear so many things about you know just spiraling out with drugs and addiction and their careers. They just never survive. You know, it's like the ten percent that did back then, and you know, it something changed. You know, they the mid two thousands. They're child actors that are coming out on top now. You know, that are yeah. they're actually like. Not only successful, but sane. <laughs> right, right. I mean, look at Daniel Radcliffe's career. Like, he has a, a legitimate adult man's acting career. Yeah, and like, and yeah, you know, he had like five years where he did nothing after Harry Potter, and then all of a sudden, no, he, he did, did that one movie. Uh, he did that one like weirdo, like weird horror movie. Uh, oh, Mother. No, woman in black. No, woman in black. Thank you. Then they made a weird. Then they made an even worse sequel that didn't have him in it, and I was like, "Oh, good for him." Oh, I barely remember (laughs) that. The important part is he did did Guns Akimbo, (laughs) that was fantastic. Yeah, he 
Uh, he did. He did. He did a lot of things. Like he was in that. Uh, what was it? That horse thing on as a play. Oh yeah. Oh the the nude play. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that one. Like like so he like he had a bunch of weird stuff that he did afterwards. But he found his footing. And you're right. He's got a massively successful career. Yeah. yeah. But like if we like the rest of them. You know, they've all got their own success stories to some yeah. aspect and they've all made their own they've made their own way and they've made their own personal decisions and yeah, like I said, I I've I pulled the one person uh who kinda had some problems during filming and stuff like that that got caught on you know, reported, right? Like I'm sure Yeah. Like I think Harry Potter I think Daniel Radcliffe came out, he's like, Yeah, I was kinda drunk the last like four years of filming, right? Like like yeah, that's kind of the face. I was like, "Oh, Daniel, <laughs> I feel bad." <laughs> like I feel bad, but at the same time, he he didn't he didn't let it take him down, right? So No. I feel like at that, that point it was just like project fatigue though. You got to be tired of it at that point, right? Like come on. Yeah. It was what like 1999 till how long and they just those kids yeah. were nonstop. Like that's What ridiculous. a chunk of your life though, for real. Yeah. They grew up in front of the camera, yeah. literally. Yeah. We watched them, <laughs> you know. You look at yeah. look at the first Harry Potter. Paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> yeah, you look at the first Harry Potter. He's just a babe, and then you look at the last one. It's like, right? Okay, yeah. Like he, he, that's a he's man, a tiny <laughs> child. Like he's like yeah. you go back to the first one. It's like oh, these are such young children. They're these are shockingly people. young children. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. You know, because you grew. Like I said, you grew up with them throughout the movies, so you get to the last. Um, the Deathly Hollows Part Two, and then if you go back, you're like, oh, okay, like he they were really young. You don't realize it because you 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 grew with them. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We actually uh, right. recently. So I'm, I'm laughing because I'm flashing back to I had at the time when those when the when Part One and Two dropped. They had a coworker who insisted on referring to them as HP Seven P One and HP Seven P Two. <laughs> Deathly Hollows, Harry Potter part. Oh no! One and two. I, yeah, that. Uh, look, I've got, I've got some weird anagrams that I've heard, uh, and I don't think I've heard those because well, it's way go. worse to say it. <laughs> it's it's, it's hard to say. say. Yeah, <laughs> aren't they supposed to make things easier? Yeah. No, uh, no. It's a, it's a. Yeah, some, it's one of those joke anagrams to make it harder. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I missed something. No, it was just you. Don't make it harder. It's already hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. You can't stop me. I definitely cannot. <laughs> but that's okay. Yes. I mean, everybody yeah. can make up their own words for their own things, and that's okay. Just I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're having fun doing if it, I already said it takes all kinds. It takes all kinds. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I could never have written anything. Like, I could never could have written a book Wishbone would do. <laughs> that is How okay. You know? Maybe you And that's make... okay. Well, that's it. Like, we've talked about another, like, with other, like, comic creators. I, I can't draw crap. I just can't. I'm more than willing to have people draw stuff and enjoy what they do and they write and stuff like that. I'm like, I cannot draw. I am not musically inclined in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I make a lot of weird sounds with my face hole, and beyond that, 
that's that's what I got. And my kid loves it. He's two though, so I don't I don't take that with I take that with a great assault. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he just likes sounds and most of the sounds I make are just longer versions of his sounds or similar <laughs> versions. Uh, yeah. You speak like, his language, Nick. Yeah. Apparently, uh, he thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then he's like, "You gave me toast with jam on it and peanut butter. You're weight. You're nothing now." This and I'm is like, legit sliced bread. bread. Yeah, right. It's like actual sliced bread. I put some peanut butter on that, and he, I don't exist. He's like, "Yep." Gonna lick all the peanut butter off, and then eat the toast afterwards. But you do, you kid. <laughs> Excellent. He's a grown yes. boy. I'm he glad is. we've established that you, you feed your child, too. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's important. It's important. Do you Just know where your me. kid is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 10.30 at night. He's probably going down to bed because it's summertime. So his sleep uh, schedule yeah. is very off. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. No, I definitely know where my child is most of the time. Every once in a while, he's outside running amok. Um, <laughs> Because he's not, he's a two year old that's not the size of a two year old, so he could do things he's not supposed to do. Wait, and, does that mean bigger or smaller than a two year old? Oh, he's he's so he's not even two, and he's already wearing like four year old clothing. Oh wow! Yeah, he he hit three year old clothing before he was one. Wow. <laughs> so he was, He's like, I'm not one, but here, I can touch the countertop and grab things. And we're like, well, shit. Right. Uh, Our one advantage is gone. Uh, Yeah. Oh, no. That's it. And we have a portable air conditioner, and he's learned that he can just press the button constantly and make it beep. that's so annoying. Right. So we're like, hot, cold, hot, cold. I'm like, I'm not even... Yeah. And what am I going to put a, put a cage on this? Put a lock on yeah. the AC? They don't make them. I've looked. <laughs> and surprisingly, they don't have child lock. And I was if like, only well, you can lock the functions. That'd be, that'd be genius. They got to do yeah. that. Yeah. It would be child lock portable ACs. Because, yeah, my daughter would do a, that. In our. In our studio here, that we have an air cleaner with just like touch buttons. It's like you know this far off the ground, and my dog has figured out he could turn them on and off by touching them with his nose. <laughs> Because the nose is like that. My one of my uh, my old dog, he used to like put his nose on my phone, and I was like, "That's not. Oh, that worked. Oh crap!" <laughs> my dog well hates my phone. He is he gets like he gets so irritated if I if he is in the room with me and I pick up my phone. He's like, "No, you're paying less attention to me. Don't you look at that thing." Like he he figured out immediately like it is between him and this rectangle. That is where her attention is torn. Well, yeah, that's about right. I can't say I blame him. I I don't. My child wants to, at least with my stuff, my kid comes over, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, jerk. All right, well, I guess I'm just going to put my phone away now. Yeah. (laughs) So there. Yeah, he, he did. Like, he, yeah, he he showed me. He keeps us occupied. What's uh, worse luckily, is when they watch you and pay attention. Because like my daughter, she's five now, but even when she was like three, she can go up to my wife's phone, pick it up, put her code in, and just go like right to YouTube. And we're like, what the heck? Like, 
Right. She would like pay attention so where she would know this is what I gotta Ooh. do to oh, get in here. Yeah. And she would like go to YouTube. So we we're like, all right, we're gonna put the phones away. We're gonna put them higher Whoa. up. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. There's no controlling it. There's no stopping it. No. Yeah, I can't leave the remotes near him. Otherwise, he kind of figures it out. Like he's not comp. Like he's not fully there. Like I said, he's. He's got a lot of advantages. He just hasn't brain-wise gotten to that point yet. Right. Like, because he's, you know, not two. <laughs> right, uh, right. So, luckily, I still have that advantage. Uh, and obviously, I am much taller than him, so I still have that advantage. For now. Uh, for for now. now. I fully anticipate being shorter than him uh, and the 10-year-old at some point in time. Uh, hopefully, the 10-year-old before the 2-year-old, but you know, hopefully, <laughs> you be, never know. Um, I don't. Stranger things have happened. Mm. Yeah, like that TV show. Uh, Maybe like, you know, like the movie Jack, where it's. Just, I was gonna say that movie Jack. Uh, that we watched that it. a couple weeks ago. It's been a lot of times since I've seen it. My wife has never seen it, and I'm like, you're in for a treat. Yeah. And she was she was not prepared for the end. I was like, I'm oh. sorry, what did you expect was going to happen? Like, yeah, What did you expect of a guy with an accelerated aging rate? Did you expect him to lose? Like, did you expect him to, right. like, surpass? Yeah. Right, right, right. And right. then, then at, at the end of his life, it stops working that way. Yeah. 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 Like, no. Then, then it's Benjamin, Bu Benjamin Button where he goes in reverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, he's yeah, he just bounces Benjamin back Button. and forth in his own timeline. <laughs> That's it. That's what happened to Scott Bakula. Uh, <laughs> let's go forward and back. Perfect. Uh, uh, yeah. Hoping the next loop would be the last. <laughs> or what? The, what would be the one home. That's what it is. Yeah, be the, the, hoping the next loop will be the one home. They rebooted Quantum Leap. Yeah. I heard I about watched, that. I haven't watched it, but... It's, it was... Wait, where is it? Is it streaming somewhere? I think it's CBS? Yeah, I forget. Okay. Or NBC. No, it's NBC because it's on Peacock. Oh, okay. But yeah. I think it's like in its second season. But it's a lot more action-y. It's NBC. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot more action-y than the old one. The other one was like... The other one was kind of weirdly wishbone, but with adult people. Uh, mm -hmm. And telling... Historical stories, not made up stories. That's really what it was. Okay. Uh, you know, like that's that was the original Quantum Leap, and now right. the new Quantum Leap is like a weird version of like Mission Impossible, like uh, bouncing around. That's not fun. Like it's very action. It's very actiony. Like, but that's what people want, and I'm like, right. I don't want that. I mean, I remember I mean, hearing that they were rebooting it, and then I didn't hear anything after that. So I don't imagine it's made a huge impression. Yeah, now, the only reason I the only reason I know about it and know where it is is because I'm a glutton for America's Got Talent. Ah. Uh, and they're like, Quantum us. Leap. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> See, I don't hey. watch America's Got Talent, but I do love me some Terry Crews. That's true. Everybody well, loves Terry Crews. Yeah. Nobody doesn't <laughs> like Terry Crews. <laughs> I thought it's nobody He's doesn't a guy. like Sarah Lee. No. <laughs> Nobody does it like Sarah Lee. Uh, <laughs> when I was Harry a kid, Cruz, I always thought it was doesn't like, because that makes sense too, right? Like, our cakes are so good, nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Yeah, it made go. sense uh, when I was a kid. 
So I can no, like I can see that. It's like that. Uh, what was that commercial that was trying to tell us that uh, that song "Pour Some Sugar of Ramen" was a long line that pe- people misunderstood and said instead of "Pour Some Sugar on Me," and I was like, "Who ever thought that was shook up ramen?" Yeah. I yeah. No, the, that's not. Uh, the Rock like, the Casbah oh. commercial where the guy's like, "Lock the cash box, lock the cash box." Like, I'm not <laughs> at all. I remember that commercial. <laughs> But uh, so I, I, I don't lose my mind over celebrities or meeting them. But if I ever met Terry Crews, I think that would be like my like goat situation. That man, yeah. Like if you look that at would the struggle, awesome. his lifelong struggles that he's been through with his family and all that, and then cheeseburgers, you know, che- cheeseburger Eddie. <laughs> um, you know, he goes through um, his career in the NFL, and then he like that lasts like a year or two, not even. He was drafted in the NFL and then fabricated an acting career out of an American right. Gladiator ripoff. Yeah. Like, he was on an American Gladiator ripoff. That tanked. He was T-Money in it. And then, yeah. uh, that was his name. And then he's just segued into acting. And, like, he could have you. He can paint. Have you seen his drawings? Like, he is a phenomenal no. oh, artist. Yes, I have. I saw them on Instagram. I was blown yeah. away. He's like, look at him and go. A uh, he, he can play the flute. He's funny yep. as hell. He's jacked out of his gore. Like the he dude, is, his tech. he he yes, he is. Well, I can do that. So that's not saying much for that. Uh, but he is like a modern day oh. Renaissance man, like without yes. a doubt. And yeah. it's just like he and he seems like the most wholesome, genuine, nicest guy in the world. And yeah, like I, I just want to, I just want to go up to him and give him He's... a big hug and probably cut myself on jagged rocks that are his You're moles. Right. You're know? definitely gonna tear some stuff up. He's yeah. the he's he's one of the few people that are out there that you see in Hollywood. And you're like, I truly hope nothing ever comes out yeah. about you because I will be crushed. Yeah, yeah. He, like he he is now what a Mariah Carey was in the '90s. He's America's sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't. Hit I mean, the there's a couple of those. I would say Keanu or... Reeves is still in that bracket as well. He yes. has luckily been that way for. Like he he became that way in the '90s, and he just got better, right? And became more of that. Like you're right, Keanu Reeves is up there. Like yeah. I, one of my personal favorites is John Favreau. Mhm. He's a good one. He is Paul Rudd. Like, yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Also Benjamin Button. At that point, that's at him. He's doing right? the whole bouncy back. Like, yeah. there's no way we want so. We have a we have a spinning wheel. We watch movies every week, and we have a wheel that we literally spin for a category and like a time frame. And mm-hmm. we hit '90s comedies, or like '80s and '90s comedies. Uh, no, ra- romance movies. That's what it was. We hit '80s and '90s comedy or romance movies, and we pulled out Clueless to watch with my ten year old. Oh man! Uh, and we're like, it's got Ant Man. He's like, I'm in. And we're like, great. <laughs> Also has Batgirl. Just saying. So he didn't. We did. We did say that. We're like that's Batgirl, uh, and you, you know you may not recognize her because you know. Oh right, right, no, right, right. Like yeah. So yeah, no, that was it was a it was a fun movie to watch again, um, but yeah. but yeah, Paul Rudd's another one that seems to weirdly not age or age backwards in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Yeah. 
That's he, look. He, he got that MCU glow up for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> yeah, it's, th- th- mean, those I'm... are some people were like that. That would crush me if I found out that they were like actually like jerks behind the scenes or in real right, life. Right, right. Because it's like the the persona they have in the media and the public eye is just like I said. You want to go up to him, you gotta give him a big hug. Like, right. you know, and it's yeah. like if you if I found out that they were jerks, I would just be like. I've lost faith. Not yeah, I've lost faith in humanity. Thanks a lot, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Not Limp Bizkit faith, but like George Michael faith. I've lost that. Right. Yes, you got to specify. You do because it's easy to lose Limp Bizkit faith. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder. I think that's to lose. the quote of the episode. Do you name the episode's goofy <laughs> quotes from the from the show? It's easy to lose Limp no. Bizkit faith. No, I, if we did, I, that would definitely be it. Definitely right? Be it. I've definitely been I've been saying that for a long period of time because I don't know. Like I I enjoy both songs for what they are, but at the same time, you can't listen to them and be like, "Oh, that one's religious." Nope, that one's just some dude rapping on some guitars. Like, right? And it's got some words in there, and I don't think he understands what those words mean. And then you look at Fred Durst, and you're like, he doesn't understand what those words mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a dude in a monkey suit? That's nope. a dude in a monkey suit. One, uh, dude's a, uh, one dude's got a bright red hat. The other dude has his uh, ass plastered across the screen in his tight jeans. Yes. <laughs> because you have to Just have so we faith. know who's who. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Uh, George Michael in a red hat is always a weird thing to see. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, uh, Wear whatever that, hat that... you want. <laughs> Especially with his uh, cross, like the long cross earring that he used to wear. Mm-hmm. Was, that full on, like, was, was that Wham Was it after Wham? Like Lost Boys jewelry. Yeah. Right. To be con- to be clear, we're talking Lost Boys the movie, not Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Like Kiefer yes. Sutherland. Got it. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. When he was a little baby. Exactly. Yeah. Not Dude, when I, athlete. like, when you, when you, like, you know, when you're my age, and you're familiar with Kiefer Sutherland as this, as, like, as, you know, what he is now, you know, as, as the 24 action star and all this, and you looking back and seeing him this young, it can be so jarring sometimes. I remember when I introduced my youngest sister, she was 18 at the time, I introduced her to Die Hard, and I, I, you know, I sat her down, like, okay... You are familiar with these men as, like, old guys. You have <laughs> no idea what they were like in their primes. Yeah. Like, you don't get it. And she was like, yeah, sure. You know, she, she doesn't really believe me. And then, then that first shot of Bruce Willis, you know, when on the plane, when it pulls out, you see his face. I'm, I'm behind the couch, and she's on the couch. And she just turns, and she does like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's pretty, right? <laughs> well, what about with, uh, what was it, um... Moonlighting was that the move for his first ever movie? Because he was a TV show actor, and then yeah, he transitioned to movies. Show, yeah. When he had a full head of hair and everything, that's super awkward yeah. to go back and see now. Yeah, but. it's really weird. Like when you see really old pictures of Patrick Stewart with hair, it's like, ugh, no, no, yeah. no, no, you're no. better without. <laughs> well, j- just like The Rock, you see The Rock with hair, and it's like, no, yeah, no, no. Like, don't do that ever again. No. Are you no? See The Rock with hair is the one I know. That's how I became to like The Rock. And then he was like, I'm an actor. And I was like, you're a wrestler. That's but now he's... That's Moss. 
Oh. Going on the going on the north side of the rock. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it is. All right, oh my bad. gosh. Yes. Um, another. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I only watched uh, Die Hard for the first time like four years ago, three years ago. What? That was like. Wait, yeah. I never, how did? Yeah. I so growing trip, up, trip. I wasn't really an action movie person. Um, uh-huh. I was sci-fi comedy. And okay. then I got into I, I got into horror, right? So I Die Hard was too mainstream for you at the time. Well, so the best like my Christmas sca- movie of all time. It's yes, it's it up is. there. It's you mean the best Christmas Harry Potter movie? Okay. Anyway, because listen, uh, if if people can say that Home Alone is a Christmas movie, but they won't acknowledge that Die Hard is Die Hard literally happens at a Christmas party. Home Alone yes. doesn't. It's just yes. around Christmas time and his Christmas decorations where Die Hard is at a Christmas party. I mean, yes. technically, Christmas happens while the movie's going, you know. I'm just, just going. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was, like, my stepdad was, like, an action, st- like, a, he loved action movies like Van Damme and stuff like that. And I was never, mm-hmm. like, into it. But, like, I, I would, like, I could sit down and watch, you know, comedies and sci-fi and other things for a long period of time. Uh and like weirdly, like I got introduced like Pretty Woman when I was relatively young for some reason. So like, the yeah, my mom had weird morals. I'm I've still I've stopped trying to figure it out. Like I saw That's Pretty Woman, one. I saw Pretty Woman on VHS rented, uh, but I couldn't own a CD with parental advisory. I I go back and I'm like, as a parent now, I'm like, I feel like there was a missed opportunity. But again, '90s it was okay. Did they have risky business after? No, no risky business. But like I'd seen cocktail, okay. <laughs> like I, I, you know, in Greece. Like I learned how to sing that song, one of the songs from Greece in third grade in music class. And I was like, I want to see this movie. My mom was like, Yes, let's go rent it. So we went to Blockbuster. We rented it, and I was like, Okay. Like so, that's the thing. It's like yeah, it's like that's a the weird 90s thing, though, man. It was. So when I watched Die Hard, I was super excited because I was like, you know, I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they, they couldn't stop talking about Die Hard. I was like, fine, I'm going to watch this. Right. And so I watched it. I really enjoyed it. But I w- it was really weird because I was like, Snape, you know, the accent's not doing it for me, bud. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Dude, I, Hans Gruber is such a good character. That is, whole thing right? is so well done. Yeah. It is. It is very well done. I truly did enjoy the character because I can look past, you know, an accent. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I also just love Alan Rickman because one of the first things that really got me into Alan Rickman, though, was Dogma. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to go with that. Have you seen Dogma? I haven't. I'm vaguely aware. I have not seen it. So, are you aware? Are you familiar with Kevin Smith? Yes. Imagine he did a movie about religion and there's and it's got the same cast of people he's got and everything mm-hmm. but like Alan Rickman is the voice of God. Oh, okay. I mean, that's pretty good casting, honestly. It is. And he's in, he's he's the voice of God. Uh, Chris Rock is the thirteenth apostle. Okay. Selma Hayek There's is the the, uh, the muse. The muse. Um, Loki is, uh, is 
Yeah, and Bartleby is uh, Batfleck. Uh, you have Azrael is Jason Lee. You got oh, wow. you got uh, George Carlin as I forget his name. It's like Bishop something. Yeah, like oh, it's got a massively all star cast. Like the uh, it, like what year like, was this? Ninety eight. Ninety nine. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, that's mostly when I that's when I was reading books. I was reading books in 1999. So <laughs> what's funny is right, yeah. it's a Kevin Smith movie, so it's a comedy. But right. the plot, the plot is 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 pretty much Loki and Bartleby are fallen angels, and they're trying okay. to get back into heaven. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Got a weird loophole by loopholes. But if they get back into heaven, it pretty much undermines everything God stands for, and will. Right like kind of destroy the universe. Right, right, right. So like if you cool. think about it, it's a great premise for like a movie. Yeah, no, that's yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's definitely a full on full on um it's kind of it Smith. almost feels like a it's a sort of a Neil Gaiman y premise almost. Yeah, yeah. It got it got a lot of flack. There was a lot of boycotting that happened. Oh uh, sure. Fun fun fact, Kevin Smith was boycotting his own movie because people didn't actually know who he was at the time so he was in the crowd boycotting and he's like yeah that movie sucks don't go watch it oh that's or funny maybe you should go it watch it because to see how bad it sucks i don't know right yeah <laughs> uh yeah alan rickman's great in it he's got some good good one-liners and the whole he's like thing. bfs with atlantis morissette yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, man, like he's there's a there's a short list of actors that I would listen to just like read the dictionary, and he is yeah. definitely on that list yeah. for sure. Any voice yeah. work he wanted to do, just go for it. Right. Uh, I wish. Now, I'm now thinking. I'm like, man, he would have been amazing to read the Harry Potter books on oh. audiobook. No, but yeah. Uh, like that would have been good. I'm like, because I've been listening to Harry Potter books because we started introducing our ten year old to them. Uh, but we're doing the book and then the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're listening, like, we were reading them, then we switched over to audiobook, um, mm-hmm. and now we're listening to them on audiobook, and it isn't the same, but Will Wheaton read, like, Ready Player One, so I'm totally on board with, like, famous people reading super awesome, yeah. like, actual books, because for people, like, we, t- we go back, and I'm like, maybe I'll read it, maybe I'll listen to that. I won't read right, it. Right, right, right. Not obviously was we're not reading, but I'll listen to that audio book. I'll listen to Will Wheaton read a book about yeah. pop culture. I'll yeah, do yeah, that. yeah. So, um, how old was your sister when you showed her Die Hard? You said eighteen. How long? I, I believe she was eighteen at the time. How long ago was this? I don't mean to date your oh, sister. Oh gosh, don't make me do math. This was this was years. What is she now? She's yeah, about. Okay. She's got to be. She's twenty three now. So this was a while ago. This was in twenty eighteen. That's not that long ago. All right. So after yeah. Harry Potter, after Harry Potter, then. Oh yes. Oh, very much so. Yes, yes, yes. So, so she, she knew him what, as Snape. Yeah. What was her Perfect. thought when she saw him as Hans Gruber? Did she connect with she... that with Snape? Oh no, she knew. I mean, she she knew. Okay. She knows who the act. I mean, she knows actors' names. It wasn't. She wasn't one of these people that just doesn't you know, clock these things. So she knew who it was. She'd just never seen him that young. And she said outright that he was, she, he was also very attractive. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I could get that. 
I'll be honest, though. Mm, you go. What's crazy is you watch Die Hard with a Vengeance, and you look at Samuel Jackson in that, and you're like, holy crap. Like, he, right. looks, he looks like a baby in that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Was that, whereas I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is, like, my peak Bruce Willis. Like, that's him in my mind's eye. Anytime I think of Bruce yeah. Willis, I'm thinking Die Hard with a Vengeance, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, but for me, it's still the 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 glorious original. It's just such a beautifully structured movie. I love it it's, so much. I I love how it's so self contained. It takes place in one day. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I there's there's a charm to that for me of a movie that can just wrap it all up in one day. It doesn't have to span days or weeks or or, mm-hmm. or locations. Right? It's it's right. Just, yeah. It's, it's yeah, seven years. You know? This is this is one of my things about a movie. If it can communicate, if it can, if it relies at times on face acting, where you can tell someone is coming to a realization or making a decision just from what they're doing with their face, I love that so much. That's one of my favorite things in a movie. And there's that. There's a lot of that in Die Hard from a lot of the cast. Yeah. It's really yeah. smart. They and they trust you. This is before the time when movies had to spoon feed you everything. They trust you to keep yeah. up, and pay attention to the motives and what each person is deciding when you can see their gears turning. And, That's and you what look I love. The, you got to look at the underlying, the online underlying story, right? You have uh, Agent Powell, who is useless, who doesn't do anything in that entire movie, but gets credited. Mm-hmm. But get they, you know, thank you. <laughs> I think. Right. Uh, do, I don't know if you watch Family Guy. You ever watch the parodies they do of like Star Wars and stuff? I've seen the Star Wars ones, yeah. Okay. Well, for the Cleveland show, they did a Die Hard parody where they just did Die Hard 1. And, oh, wow. And at the end, um, you know, Bruce Willis' character in uh, Agent Powell and me face-to-face, and Bruce Willis just looks at him and he's like, you did absolutely nothing. You're completely useless and just like walks away from him. Uh, but yeah. let's be honest. The, the true hero of, of Die Hard is Argyle. Like, oh, he yeah. saves the day. And yeah, he does he not get enough credit. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he's a really fun character, too. <laughs> yeah, just everyone. Like, that was, that's seriously one of my all-time favorite movies, just because of, like, the story, the acting. You know, it's yeah. it's all wrapped up so well. And like you said, it doesn't yeah. pander to the audience. And I, I can't stand right. that stuff, right? Like, I don't hate treat it. Me like I'm, don't treat me like I'm stupid. If I'm not smart enough, like... Like like Christopher Nolan movies, right? If I'm not smart mm-hmm. enough to understand your movie, then great. It's just not a movie for me. Yeah. But don't don't That's okay. you know, don't spoon feed this stuff to me like, you know, like I can't understand. Like treat me like an adult, treat me like an an intelligent human being and let me right. decide right. if this movie's for me or not. And that's yeah. you know, that's what they are, and which is beautiful. And like yeah, and God forbid I should have to think and try to figure out what this movie means. Yeah. Which is the fun part if you let yourself get into it. Yeah. Well, that, that's why. Like, when I watch movies, I want to be left alone. Like, don't talk to right. me for the next 90 minutes to two hours. I want to be invested. Mm-hmm. And, because that, that's what they're doing. Like, right, I got I got um, a couple teenagers in the house. And mm-hmm. when they're watching movies, they, they love horror movies. And I use air quotes because they'll be sitting there watching a movie like this. And I'm like, cut, cut it out. Like... Yeah. Listen, most of these movies, they want you to invest your emotions in them. And you can't do that if you're not making a connection with the characters. And you can't make a yeah. connection with the characters if your nose is in your phone or if you're talking to someone else or you're distracted. Yeah. You know, so no, like my wife, my wife knows when I want watch a movie, just kindly give me, you know, the hour and a half to two hours to just 
watch it, and then we could talk afterwards. If you have any questions, ask me after or something like that. Right. Like, right. That's, that's, keep a journal. We'll, yeah, we'll keep, recap keep, a, keep a journal, you know. But yeah, like I, I like being what a I tell my because, 10-year-old. Uh, I, you know, I like feeling things, right? That's why, you know, yeah. so much with music and and, and movies, no hair. Like, and no hair. I, I want to yeah. feel things, right? Like, right. I want to get invested. I want to. I want to tear up at the right moments and like at the chills yeah. and like have that, you know, like that visceral reaction to the movie. And... Because like storytelling is supposed to be a mutual experience. Like the yes. the creator is saying, I want you to feel what I'm feeling when I, you know, as I'm feeling it when I made this, the way I felt, what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's very intimate like the, that. It's why the yeah. music is like that. That's why this this is happening at that point. You yeah. know, this is why, you know, this person is dressed this way so that you feel it. And, right. Well, that, yeah. and like, let their, let their, like, their acting and their abilities shine through. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever, uh, you ever watch Breaking Bad? Oh yeah, Breaking Bad's the best. Okay. That's my so that's my go to example for when you can see them making decisions yeah. in their you know, in their acting. So spoiler alert, even though it's been ten years, one of the most impactful and moving scenes that I've ever seen is Breaking Bad when um uh Hank realizes that Walter is Heisenberg. Yes. The emotion on his face where it's it's so overwhelming and like, he doesn't know what to think or what to feel like right. in that moment. Like I had, my eyes were welling up, my I had goosebumps right. and like, it's just the, what he conveyed in just his facial expressions Yeah. throughout the entire show. I never gave uh, Dean Norris enough credit for his acting ability no. because, because no, Hank great. was kind of like, Hank was kind of like a little fuck off character, right? Like, Right. He was DEA, but he was, you never really took him seriously. He kind right. of made the, the campy dad jokes and crack stuff like that. But then once I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, right. just like, um, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Brian Cranston, right? You watch him uh-huh. in Malcolm in the Middle, and it's like, okay, yeah, he's a comedic actor. It's funny. But right. then you watch him in, in Breaking Bad. And uh, most recently, he was on a show called Your Honor on Showtime. Uh-huh. Phenomenal show, if you've never seen it. Um, good, good. I'm glad. Very, very, like, very dramatic. It's it's kind of like one of those happenstance things and um, where he's he's a judge and his, something happens with his kid and he's trying to, like, protect his kid and, like, a lot of, like, dualities in it. But, like... Okay. Brian Cranston is an amazing, like, strong, dramatic actor. And it's like, you never so really, good. like, they can make you feel things. And it's right. wild because you, you watch him, you know, as a guest star on Seinfeld as, you know, the the, the dentist and stuff like that. And, and yeah. you know, his, his comeuppance and it's all comedy, right? Yeah. Even though, yeah. funny story yeah. too is um, Brian Cranston got his acting start um, doing uh, the dating videos. Um, that, that's how that, that's how he broke into like showbiz. You know the old dating videos where like you would get mail the tape. He'd be the one Gosh, filming yeah. the people, interacting with them, trying to get them to open up and be themselves. Um, wow. And then he and then he played a bunch of monsters on Power Rangers. <laughs> that's, he did. Yeah. 
Whoa! Those are the two I things that, that like opened up his door. Yeah, which is great because they That's brought him so back funny. for the the uh, Elizabeth Banks movie um, to play Zordon. So it's kind of funny oh, how he went full circle with that. See, I didn't know, I didn't make that connection because I, you know, I, I was, when that, when that came out, it was like, how ridiculous is this that they have this amazing actor? It's like, why, what are we doing here? But now it yeah. at least means something. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I thought that was pretty cool that they, they brought that, that, not career, but that franchise full circle to him. That was, yeah. that was pretty cool. It's like, okay, yeah, you get some points for that. Yeah, Power Rangers reboot. <laughs> it wasn't bad. No, okay. I mean, it wasn't good or great. Like, I've it seen was, worse. It was a good. <laughs> it was a good premise. Mm-hmm. Like they had good ideas with it. Like I like the idea of Rita being the original Green Ranger and kind of fallen and all that stuff. Okay. I like that premise. But yeah, it was just like. Oh, go find me teenagers with attitude. Oh, okay, I found them. Hey, learn to use your powers. No. And all of a sudden, hey, we can use our power. Like, everything was just too coincidental and happened right. too quick without any explanation. Right. You know, so so there's like, don't pander to me and don't tell me the whole story, but give me give me some story, damn it. <laughs> don't just like... Doesn't it, doesn't it famously around. feature the line, have any of you ever morphed before? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Like, haven't you guys done this before? Are you, I've morphed this twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I like how they heart. tried to, like, make the characters modern, and I, I didn't dislike the choices they made for the casting. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the plot and the story, and it was just yeah, so surface level. And which which sucks, because I, I grew up on Power Rangers. I love Power Rangers. I got the freaking... Dragon Dagger right there in the Morpher. Oh, right? yeah? And that, you can't read it, but the letters say, in case of emergency, break glass. Oh, that's funny. I love it. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm dying for, like, an adult version. Um, yeah. You know, Power Rangers. And, and we're going to get a we're gonna get a, um, a version of that, I think, this year with uh, Legend oh, yeah. of the White Dragon. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely Power Rangers inspired because it was, it was Jason David Frank's last movie that he did. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they finished production and all that before he passed, but, um, it, it looks like a serious modern take on Power Rangers, but okay. not because of IP and, you know, legal stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, well, let's see what they got. Yeah, that's I'm it. I'm hoping you, the thing is you, you have to, you have to go in with the expectation. Like you have to make sure you have correct expectations when you go into things like the Power Rangers reboot. Or anytime they reboot anything nowadays, like the Seventeen Turtles reboots, it's like we're not going to get Kino, but you know, I don't right. know, give us something, right? Like, it, it every reboot is going to end up being like, were you at? What were you hoping for? Like, what did you go into that? You know, Mike and I have talked about it a number of times already. It's like the people who went into like the Transformers sequels, and it's like, all right, well, what were you expecting? Right. We're expecting, we're expecting an amazing Oscar performance. Uh, that that's right. never a thing Marky Mark's gonna do. Um, yeah. he's a good actor, but he's only as good as people around him. Yeah, I'm more. Yeah. Look, he. I'm more worried about him actively coming and kicking my ass than me saying <laughs> like he's not like he, you know. 
he's in he's in Massachusetts enough to the point where it's close enough. Anyway, <laughs> like, but that's it. It's like I went. In, I, you go into the movie and you expect ba- giant robots from outer space battling other giant robots from outer space for two hours. You're gonna have a fun time. If you go in looking for an Oscar performance with amazing character building and all mm-hmm. of the things that you want in a real movie, then you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> Yeah. That's why, like, even the Power Rangers reboot, I was like, eh, it was entertaining. I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah. Surface level. Yeah. 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 It does, yeah, it does depend a lot on your expectations and what you hope to get out of it. But I have okay. high hopes for Beetlejuice too. damn it. All right. Well, again, we'll see. We got to wait just wrap, see. wrap filming right over uh, in Vermont, just to the west of us. Oh, they're wrapped now? Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize they wrapped filming. Sweet, that's what I heard. wow, it could be wrong. That's what I heard. I but listen, My- Michael Keaton's back, so he's another one. I, I just want to give Michael Keaton a hug. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I feel yeah, like everything. Are you gonna give? Are you gonna give Volk or are you gonna get Batman? I'm pretty sure either one of them is gonna stab you. But that's, yeah, but that's just it. Like, or multiplicity. Some, I don't know. There's another guy yeah. that has such huge range, right? And he seems like a nice, genuine guy. You know, I just I, yeah. I'll watch anything he's in. You know, even the Need for Speed movie. <laughs> yeah. Jesse Pickman was in it, though. So, I mean, you got two two good good ones right there. Oh, um, yeah. I'm more... I'm curious how they're doing the Twisted Metal movie. TV show. Is it a TV show? I thought it was a movie. I, I don't oh. know. With Falcon. It, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's Falcon on a Twisted Metal. <laughs> you mean, uh, anyway. You're, you're way out of my wheelhouse now. <laughs> Can we go back to Beetlejuice with Wednesday? Wednesday, yes. Oh, yeah, she's in it too, right? Jenna Ortega? Yeah. yeah. Jenna nice. Ortega. Yeah, she's that almost little... seems redundant. She's Lydia's daughter in it, I believe. Ah. She's, really going, she's really going for the awkward uh, pseudo... Uh, horror, horror like trifecta here. So if we She's get, in we niche. Adam, yeah, we, we got Adam's it. family. We got Beetlejuice. If we throw in, like, if they do a craft reboot, I think she's got it. I think, I think we. Can oh push, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think we could do. I think we could do that. I think if we gave her the craft or something else from that time frame. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Heather's or something. I could. I can see that. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. No, I can see it. Like if if like if they did that and Jenna Ortega was any of those, I'd be like, all right, you basically you successfully reboot most of the '90s and '80s like weird pseudo horror things. We got it. All right, we could do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think everybody would be okay with that. Yeah. At least overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep saying it, but we'd have to wait and see. It's true. It's true. Uh, we should. We we do have to wait and see. Unfortunately. Um, but you know, such is life. It is. It's life. Like now, I like I'll be honest. I've really wanted to watch it, Wishbone before this episode, but now I'm kind of like I don't know. I've got like a lot of stuff because of this to go <laughs> back and watch, and I'm like, I don't yeah. Know. We all our lists are longer now, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. It happens. For what it's and... worth, coming full circle, Wishbone episodes are very short. They're like 20 yeah. to 30 minutes. Um, maybe show your kids. I think it would be fun. 
I so I think it would. I think my two year old would have an absolute blast about a TV show around a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure the entire thing he's just going woo 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 woo, and um, I will miss all the phenomenal writing and acting because of it. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually crossed my mind. I'm like, I should probably find a way to stream these on the TV so the kid could do it. Um, what was it? Like he's, yeah, I don't know. It's my my five year old won't watch anything unless Spider Man's in it or Mario. <laughs> She's got I her wheelhouses. She's all about Spider Man yeah. and Mario. <laughs> and I'm okay. okay. Yeah, because Daddy yeah. Daddy will consume those and be happy. <laughs> Like Captain yeah, Lou Albino Mario? No, um, I tried to get her to watch that. She's my daughter's weird. She's not huge into cartoons. She's five, and she's not huge into cartoons. Like I tried to get her back into like the stuff that I grew up with. Like like, hey, let's watch He Man, let's watch Ninja Turtles. She doesn't want anything to do with the cartoons, but she'll watch the 1989 Dolph Lundgren He Man huh. uh, movie. Uh, and then she'll watch the 1990s Ninja Turtle movie live action, but not the cartoons. Spider Man, she Where? wants to see. She wants to see Tobey Maguire. Yeah, <laughs> so, huh. so I'll, throw, I'll throw that on for her. Oh, like, she's into bad acting. Got it. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. there you go. Um, but yeah, so it's it's weird, and I'm always like, kiddo, look at this. Daddy grew up with this. Look how fun it is. And she's just like, ah. But yeah. Mario was Mario's good. We, we took her to the theater to see the Mario movie. And she loved that, so that was a, a huge, huge plus on our end. Uh, yeah. And she watched she watched Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse, so she's at least branching out in cool. the cartoons. But she's a huge Spider Man. She, if she's awake, she's wearing her Spider Man hat. Can't get her to take Aww. it off. She's got to be wearing I mean, it twenty four seven. Yeah, young kids aren't known for the diversity of their tastes. Give it time. Yeah, but I'm okay with it. You know, this Spider-Man's not a bad choice. That's that's the thing. Well, of course not. And my wife gets mad because she's like, well, she likes your stuff, your nerdy stuff. Why can't she like Barbies and My Little Pony? And I look at my wife and I'm like, hey, we've bought her Barbies. We've bought her My Little Ponies. I've tried to sit down and watch like Friendship is Magic with her and stuff like that. She wants nothing to do with it. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. not my... This is not my active influence. This is my passive influence because she sees daddy right, looking right. and stuff. It's this not is genetic. Yeah. Can I do like the biggest faux pas right now, you guys? Do it 100%. I am rapidly approaching a stage where I can no longer form sentences and I have to work tomorrow. Yeah, That's no fine. Worries. No worries. That's okay. I was. I'm I just sorry. realized I looked at. I looked at the timer. I was like, we've been at this for an hour yeah. and forty-five minutes. Uh, I mean, in all fairness, it's eleven fifteen here. Right? It does yes. when you're talking about ridiculous stuff. Uh, I yes. don't know what what part of the country you're in, so I don't know what time it is there, but it's eleven eighteen here. So yeah, uh, it's nine seventeen here, which is seventeen minutes past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, me too, me too. And yeah. I, we 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 did one episode where we were up till two thirty in the morning. That was oh my gosh, what were you talking about? Music. <laughs> oh okay, all right, that I get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a rough one, but it's commitment to the craft, I guess you could say. Yes, uh, we usually that try and take it. We usually try and take We're it as long as the now. Yes, Jen Ortega. Uh, as long as the conversation will take us, and as long as the guests will take us. So, uh, we do appreciate you taking us over your we bedtime. Do, uh, but before no, you go, like, guys, this was awesome. Grace, <laughs> grace us and everybody with where they can find you and all the cool what stuff. What do you got coming you out? 
Um, sure. Um, so I would most recommend you look at me up on Instagram at Clara underscore Meath. Meath is M-E-A-T-H, but you can probably see it written in the text of the podcast episode. Um, look me up on Patreon, Clara Meath again. I'm revamping that, like I said earlier, so we're going to have some cool stuff there. Um, my newest graphic novel is Mother 47, published by Comics Experience Publishing. Um, yeah. Look me up on the things. Sweet. Good Sweet. stuff. Everybody definitely should. <laughs> well, thanks Thank for uh, thanks for joining us, Claire. We had a blast. I hope you did too. And uh, I did. We'll definitely we'll definitely continue to follow you and all your awesome art. Thank you so much. You guys have been all great. This is awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. I don't know what you mouthed, but you know. Uh oh. Oh, you're muted. I am. You're right. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs>